Welcome to week four of Miracle March. We have been declaring in the Lord's house and in your house, miracles, amen, just signs and wonders, supernatural occurrences uh, that cannot be explained. I'm going to tell you something, uh, if you can do it on your own, it's not a miracle. But when we need God's help, when God intervenes, uh, then miracles begin to take place. Uh, We talked about week one, soul miracles. It is God's desire that you be born again, that you have Jesus living in your heart, that you are transformed into his image, that you're no longer the old creature. The Bible declares that old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become New. And so he won't, that's, it's a miracle how God can take and make something old and make it new. But he can do that in you. We talked about emotional miracles. God wants to heal your past. He wants to heal your scars. He wants to heal your family issues. He wants to heal all those disappointments and pains in your past. And you know what? God is doing that work. And we talked about physical miracles last week. We laid hands on the sick. We anointed with all. We obeyed the word. And I believe that word is still working today. I'm telling you what. You say, well, pastor, I, I, I still don't feel completely made whole. You keep walking in that miracle. You keep declaring by his stripes, I am healed. And you start declaring body, you come in line with the word of God. And you know what? You just continue to walk in faith. Don't let the enemy steal your healing. But today, we're going to talk about financial miracles. Anybody need some more money? We're going to talk about financial miracles today. Now, just want to go ahead and throw this out here and prepare you for next week. Amen. Next week, we're going to talk about family miracles. How many wants God to take the diss out of your functional family? We're going to talk about that. And, uh, amen, God is able to set some things in order. But I'm telling you today, God wants you to be blessed. Almost two-thirds of the parables that Jesus taught had to do with money. Now, let me go ahead and tell you real quickly, money does not bring happiness. There are some of the most miserable people in the world are wealthy. And there are some happy, wealthy people. There are some miserable, poor folks. And there's some happy poor folks. You see, money doesn't make you happy or make you dishappy. I mean, money, amen, does somebody say, well, you know what? They just got a lot of money and just went bad. No, they didn't. They were already bad. You see, money magnifies a person's character. People tell me all the time, whoo, pastor, I mean, when I get a lot of money, I'm going to give. I have absolutely no faith in that. Why? Because they don't give anything now. If you have $10 and you're not giving a dime, I don't have any confidence that you're going to give a 100000 out of a million. Uh, that'd be a dollar anyway. Thank you, to the math. Thank you to the math teacher. Well, there's some of you don't give 10 cents out of $10. And, uh, <laughs> and now the Bible declares that he that is faithful in little, God will make you ruler over much. So if you want to be ruler, if you want to have much, and we're not just talking about money because God's blessings comes in so many different forms, but I'm telling you this morning, we're talking about money because I've tried it. I'm telling you, God's blessing comes in so many different forms, but Southside don't take hallelujahs. 
Walmart don't take glory to God's. You don't go in there and shop with your groceries and just go up to the cashier and uh, scan them all and just say, well, God bless you. They're looking for some money. It takes money to live and to function, and God knows that. And so today, I am going to give you a secret. Hardly anybody knows this secret. I mean, it's there. It's all through the Word of God. It is big. It's bold. uh, But the people miss it. And they're trying to get money in so many different ways, and it just doesn't seem to work. So today, I'm going to give you the wisdom. I'm going to give you the secret. I'm going to give you the steps to gain wealth. The Bible declares that the Lord gives us the power to gain wealth. He said, the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. There's a lot of folks have a lot of money, but they have a lot of sorrow because they got it the wrong way. And you know what? The Bible says that money that is gained uh, unethically, money that is gained uh, because of sin and everything, can be taken away. Listen, money don't last. But God can give you wealth that can last eternally. Now I want to give you the secret. One word. And then we're going to take this word and we're going to look at each letter. And I'm just going to share with you a little bit uh, of what the Lord just gave me. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a big word. Everybody say it's a big word. Uh, it, it's a word that a lot of folks don't like. But it is the secret to gaining wealth. There's, there, there, there's the world's way and there's God's way. There's the kingdom of darkness's way and there's the kingdom of heaven's way to gain wealth. And so, uh, so many people have been confused and they say, well, the church is, you know, they're just out for this and, you know, pa- preachers, they're just out for this and I, I just want to dispel that myth today and uh, just share with you what the Word of God says. And so, just let me go ahead right off the bat. I'm not going to save the secret till the end. Just going to tell you right up front. I mean, he's ready. The secret to wealth is to give. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38. Now, I've, I've, I've researched, I've looked, I've studied, I've, I've taken courses, I've done a lot of things in trying to figure out how to gain wealth. Because my wife likes stuff. And the only way that I can get my wife more stuff is to get more money. <laughs> Y'all know I'm just playing. Let me, I need to really rephrase that. I love to give my wife stuff. And, uh, but you know what? Stuff costs money. How many knows that? Now, I don't understand, I don't know why, I mean, it, it's just, you may have this same problem in your house. But in my house, my kids like to eat for some reason. And uh, they like the house warm when it's cold, and cold when it's hot, and, 
you know, they like their clothes uh, clean and they like to take showers with hot water and uh, all that takes money. Did you know that? And so he's looking at all the ways and trying to figure out, Lord, how am I going to get more money because I'm already working all I can work, working so several jobs, doing everything I can do. There's only so many hours. So, you know, there, there's some folks that can do more. If you're not doing all you can do, I suggest you do more. Some people come and say, well, Pastor, I just need more money. Well, I, I, the solution is get a job. That's the solution I give my children. Haley came to me just the other day. Dad, I need some money. I said, get a job. We were sitting right down at the restaurant, and we were eating the other day. And I said, sweetheart, uh, Daddy's so proud of you. I'm excited you're graduating this year, and I've got something that I really would like for you to think about and to pray about. He's like, yeah, what? I'm like, get a job. You're graduating high school, you're going into college, it's time to get a job so that you can have that extra money to go out with your friends and go to Chicken Express and Wing Stop and Pizza Hut and IHOP and all that stuff she likes to do. It takes money. So I found you know, a secret in my life, and it wasn't any secret because I grew up with this as a foundation in my home. I watched my mom and dad give, 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 give. And I watched money continue to come, 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 come. And even though they made less than most people, they had more than most people. They always had money to give because they were always giving money. And I just... Saw that as a principle and I knew it. And so I see it in the Word this morning. I just want you to see it because in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, he said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. How many want some money? Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And running over. Shall men give into your bosom. Now, how many want some money in your bosom? Somebody said, well, first of all, before I answer that question, (laughs) where's my bosom? (laughs) And how much money can my bosom hold? Well, let me declare to you where your bosom is. In this context, in this scripture, it was declaring uh, the folds in the clothes. It was the scarf that hung around the person that carried like a sack. It's what they carried the babies in. It's what the shepherds put the lambs in. Amen. It was what you see people today, it's kind of, they're, they're coming back. You see people all the time, uh, you know, they have these things, they have these babies in them, and, you know, they wrap them all up, hold them tight. You know, sometimes they put them on their back and uh, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's these, it's these scarves that hangs like that, and it makes a big old pouch. Hallelujah. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I want to get a big bosom here because I want my bosom full. Give, and it shall be given. Press down. Shaken together 
and run it over shall be caused men to give into your bosom. Amen. Your pouch, your sack, your billfold, your purse, your bank account, your savings account, your IRA, your 401k. Amen. Your Kellogg's is going to be full. Your special K. And your Rice Krispies. Hallelujah. Listen, he said that he would cause your bosom. Now, you know, the, the bosom also could, could imply your insides. And it, could, it could be the inner man. And You know, God wants to fill us with joy and happiness. He wants us to be blessed. Amen. But he said, I'm going to give you so much, it's going to take a big old sack over your shoulder to carry it. He said, I will give it to you, and it'll be blessed. Now, first of all, how can we do that? How, let's just take that word give and break it down. First of all, what does give start with? G, G, let's just say, stands for generously. You see, the way that you give determines how you receive. That's what the Scripture says. I like the way the Scripture reads in the NIV, or I'm sorry, the, the New Living Translation. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, I just don't understand this. It just don't make sense to me, Sister Jackie. I come right there on Monday... Sister Jackie's our banker, and we, we come right there to you, and I deposit $100. And then on Tuesday, I go, and I want to withdraw $200. And they tell me, you can't do that. Well, why not? Because you only put 100 in. Yeah, but see, I need 200 Well, I'm sorry about what you need, but you only deposited 100, so you can only withdraw 100. With whatever measure you measure it out, it'll come back to you. Ain't it amazing how we want to tip God a dollar and then we want to run to Him for a hundred? Huh? We want to give him, we want to give him a dime worth of praise, and then we want to run to him for a million worth of miracles. And we wonder why it don't happen. Listen, let me tell you, because it's not in the account. If it's not in the account, it can't come back to you. He said, with whatever measure you measure. Now, this is the end of the scripture in the uh, King James. Uh, with the same measure that you met it out. With all, it shall be measured to you again. Here's what I'm talking about. Your generosity. Your generosity to others. Your generosity to the poor. Your generosity to the church. Your generosity. Amen. All In any situation, your generosity, if you measure it out in a teaspoon, God's going to measure it back to you with a teaspoon. If you measure it out in the cup, he's going to measure it back in the cup. But if you'll give it by the barrels full, amen, God will give it by the barrels full. Now, don't get mad at me. That's just what the Bible says. He said, ever how you measure it out, it'll be measured 
back to you again. So first of all, we need to give generously. The Bible declares that he loves a cheerful giver. Now, I, I, he'll take it from a grouch. But he'd much rather have it from a generous giver. Why? Because it does so much more for you. You see, giving is not so much about God. Here's what people say. Well, them preachers, just all they want is my money. All the church wants is my money. All God wants is my money. I'm going to tell you something. We're trying to get something to you, not something from you. I just know there is a biblical principle that you cannot receive without giving. And the reason we encourage you to give and we encourage you to give is because I know you can't outgive God. And the more you give, even the more He'll measure it back to you. And you know what? It's a principle. I didn't install it. I didn't invent it. I'm just here to tell you about it. It works in my life. It's worked in our family's life. It's worked in the church. I'm telling you, everybody is in the same boat. Nobody gets it any other way. And if they do dishonestly, God will judge it. And you know what? It don't bring true happiness. And it'll disappear. You've got to do things right. So when you're generous. Now, being generous is not just about the amount. God talks about so much, and we, we, we may get into it, we may not have time, let me say it now. It's not about the amount. It's about how much you have. God never asks you to give out of your necessity. He never asks you to give everything. I'm going to say, tithe is a blessing. 10% is a blessing. He could have asked for 50. But he didn't. He just asked for 10. So that's a blessing. And he takes that 90 and he multiplies it and it's supernatural. And it works, let me not get there because we're going to go there in just a minute. God's not trying to get something from you. Listen, you have to have an open hand with God. I'm going to tell you something, a closed fist. When you hold on to your money this way. Oh yeah, none might not get out. But guess what? None can get in either. When you come to God, we need to everything that we deal with God concerning our finances, we need to come to God like this. God, it's all yours. A hundred percent is yours. And I open my hands to you and I thank you that money can come and money can go. I open my hand to you. It's not mine. It's yours. I honor you with it. And I give generously. And I open my hand to you. And Father, thank you. You can let as much flow in as you want to. And I'll help give as much as I can out. When you have that kind of attitude, I'm telling you, God will get more to you. If God knows he can get money through you, he'll get money to you. Because here's the deal. God's trying to get money into the kingdom. He's trying to get money in the hands of those that are doing something with it. He's trying to get money in the hands of missionaries to go preach the gospel. He's trying to get money in the hands of those who are building the kingdom. And you know who he uses? His people. And then when people give, he blesses them. And when he blesses them, they give more. And when they give more, he blesses them more. And the kingdom begins to grow. It is just a law. It's a principle. When you put more in, you get more out. How many understands that? So you got to give generously. I. Let's think about I for a minute. Think about interest. 
You need to let your money work for you and you stop working for your money. How many of you like that? You need to get to a point to where your money is building something. Your money is earning some interest. Your money is doing some good. I'm telling you something. Right now, Mark is not paying much money. Money markets are paying very little. Savings are paying hardly anything. Checking accounts don't pay anything anymore. Unless you just happen to have a certain bank. You know, there, there's, there's certain people. Brother Jamie Mitchell is a... Uh, uh, money man. He's a money advisor. He is a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. And uh, they deal in big money. <laughs> and uh, people bring their money, and the reason they bring their money to him is so he can uh, spend their money. Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll send you to jail. They bring their money to him for one reason, and so that he can make them some more money. So he can find areas and find ways and invest and find the best interests and find the, the, the best stocks and all the different things so that their money can gain money. Most of us work for a dollar, and then we go spend a dollar twenty-five. Now, credit card companies would never intentionally try to get you in debt. <laughs> credit card companies will give you up to 250% of what you could ever pay back. Knowing that you can't. Because they want to get you so in bondage. And you, you know what? It's the devil's trick. Because here's the deal. I mean, Jesus said it over and over and over. Do not be in bondage to money. Don't be in bondage to the love of money. Don't be in bondage to greed. Don't be in bondage to things. And you know what happens with people? They get so in bondage with money that then God speaks to them and says, I want you to go across the sea and declare the gospel. And they say, Lord, I'm sorry, but I can't afford to take a day off. People can't come to church because they're so in debt they got to work seven days a week. Now let me ask you a question. Is that God's will? Absolutely not. People are stressed, anxiety, heart attacks, strokes, all this thing over money. The number one cause of divorce, money. Really, it's the lack of money. <laughs> Fights over money and people so young people wanting what they see what mom and dad built for 40 years and they want to get it in four and so now they're in debt and all of a sudden everything's built upon this job that I make this much and I, we can do this much and we can pay this much a week and all of a sudden they lose that job and lose everything happens every day it's not God's will. God wants us to get in better financial shape. He wants you to get out of debt. He wants you to be debt free. He wants you to be able to have some breathing room. He wants you to have all your bills paid, have some money left to put in savings, and have plenty of money to give. Well, maybe that's just me and Jesus. I guess you don't want that. That sound okay to anybody else? 
He said, well, how can God do that? How, how can he take my, my, my little bit? How can he take my tithe? How can he take my $20 or my $50 or my How can he do that? I don't understand it. How did he feed the 5,000? How did he take five loaves of bread and two fishes? And the disciples said, Lord, that's impossible. And Jesus had to keep reminding them, what's impossible with man is possible with God. I love it how people negotiate with God. God, you just don't understand. I can't afford to pay my tithes. Because it takes all 100% to do it. And I don't have anything left. I'd never be able to make it on 90. Well, I I, I can't figure it out for you. You don't work on calculator. You don't work on a pencil. Five loaves and two fishes don't add up. But when God blessed it, and then he passed it out, And the whole crowd ate. And when they took up the fragments, they had 12 baskets left over. That's called increase. That's called multiplication. That's called interest. Amen. God never asks anything from your hand that He doesn't give it back many fold. He never asks you to give anything. I'm telling you, we get the best deal. I gave him my sin. He gives me his righteousness. I give him my past. He gives me a future. I give him my old tattered garment. He gives me a robe of pure white. We get the best deal. We give him our tithe, but he gives us a harvest. And he meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And he declares if I'll give, that he will give it to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and he'll pour it into my bosom. He'll fill me up. Amen. All I can carry, just like when he told them to throw the cast the nets on the other side. There ain't no fish over there. There's not no fish over there until Jesus tells the fish to go over there. Lord, I've tried that before and it didn't work. Try it again. Cast your net on the other side. Then it filled up. Those talents, a parable of the talents. He gave those one guy five, one guy two, one one. He went on a long journey, came back. He said, where's my money? The one with five said, hey, I, I did what I could. I went out, I, I turned your five into ten. He said, good job. The one with two came to me and said, hey, I did good. I worked hard, I turned your two into four. He said, great job. He asked, said the guy with one, what would you do with yours? He said, hey, I knew you were a tough man. I knew you were coming back to get your money, so I buried it in a hole. And I went and dug it up, and here it is. It's a little dirty, got some grit on it, but here you go. He told the one with the five, well done, my good and faithful servant. He told the one with the two, well done, my good and faithful servant. He told the one with one, take, the way, take it away from him and give it to the one with ten and cast him into outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm going to tell you something. He said, you should have at least put it in the bank so it gained a little interest, but you didn't do anything with what I gave you. What are you doing with what God has given you? 
Maybe you don't have your dream job. Maybe you're not working on your dream job yet. Maybe you're just making minimum wage. Maybe you're just getting by. But what are you doing with it? Amen. If you'll take and you'll make a plan and you'll obey God's word and you'll, amen, put your money to work and you'll put your money in the kingdom, amen, because if not, you're just burying it in a hole and it's not doing anything for you. That brings us to the the letter V. Your money needs vision. Your money (laughs) needs vision. The popcorn's done. Can you see your money working for you? Can you see what your money's doing? Can you see where your money's going? Did you know most people don't even know where they spend their money? That's why Dave Ramsey really encouraged everybody to make a budget, to write down, to make a list, to write down every single penny you spend everywhere. And I'm telling you, you do that, you get to the end of the month, and it will surprise you where your money goes. It'll blow your mind. You need to keep an account. Give your, give, your, give your money vision. Begin to speak vision to it. You, see, you need to be on a journey of giving. You need to have some purpose. And say, Lord, I'm looking to build the kingdom. Malachi declared. He said, bring the tithe into the storehouse. But he started that out by saying, will a man rob God? Now, we have two ex-policemen sitting right here. And what do you get for robbery? Go to jail. Yet every Sunday, people come in. They sneak up behind God. They stick a gun in his rib. And they say, give me a blessing. Hadn't given nothing to God. Hadn't deposited. Listen, you can't go to the bank. If I go to the bank and I give them a note that says, give me $100. And I hadn't put $100 in. That's stealing. That's robbery. I'm going to jail. But we do it to God all the time. We make no deposits, but we come making demands. And he said, will a man rob God? And we say, no. Where have I robbed thee? And God says, in tithing offerings, you're cursed with a curse. You've robbed me, even this whole nation. He said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me therewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. There's only one thing that God says to prove him about it's money. Tithe. He said, you just prove me. I double dog dare you to give and just see if I won't give it back. You honor me. You do what I say. You keep my commandments. You honor my word. He said, and I will open. He said, see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. You know what? I see people all the time that they make good money, but devour eats it up. Trips to the doctor. Car in the shop, trouble with kids, 
Boom, boom, boom. I want to tell you something. There is something supernatural about God rebuking the devour off your finances. Listen, I mean, back in the crop times, if you're a farmer, you know you can't handle no bug. You can't handle, I mean, a swarm of locusts coming through. Right now, the freeze gets crops and kills, and it totally wipes them out. But God said, if you'll honor me with your tithe, I will rebuke the devour off of your harvest, and you'll get every bit of it. supernatural this is not my word it's God's word first of all if you'll honor him with your tithes if you'll get some some vision to your money if you'll say Lord I I, I see this in your word I'm going to put vision to it I'm going to begin to declare it I've got to where I see where I want my family to go I see where we want to be I see we're we're not where we want to be but we're not where we used to be thank God but I'm going to prove you and I need you to open the window of heaven Rebuke the devourer. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. There's a lot of people that's planted a lot of fruit, but then they robbed God and God caused that fruit to rot right there in the ground. They never got to reap it because of disobedience, because of sin, because of robbing God. They're out there, they're out there, they're out there. They're doing all these kind of things. They're working, they're doing everything right, but then they're they're stealing from God. And the Bible says it's like putting money with holes. It's it's like putting money in bags with holes in it. You ever ever think you put some money in your pocket or your billfold and go back and look for it and you can't find it? That's a horrible feeling, isn't it? So aggravating. I don't tell you something, when you rob God, money just disappears. It just comes out. But it's something supernatural that when you do honor God, money just shows up. Your money lasts longer. It stretches. Amen. It's just a supernatural thing. He'll bless the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord. And all nations shall call you blessed, and ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord. How many wants your family, your home, your business to be a delightsome land, not a dread? When you're blessed, it just makes it getting up and going to work that much easier. But when you work all week long, and you get your paycheck, and you pay all your bills, and it's gone, and you still don't have enough, it's not a whole lot of incentive to get back up on Monday morning and go do it all again. It's not a very delightsome thing. You need the favor of God. You need the blessings of God. You need God to rebuke the devourer. You need Him to bring increase. You need to take, amen, a little and multiply it into a lot. Amen, you need tax money. He told his disciples, go fishing. Hey, they went and caught that fish. There was that coin right there in his mouth. I'm telling you, God can supply supernaturally when you obey Him. The last letter is E. You got to make your money eternal. You know how much money you're going to take with you when you die? None of it. One of the richest men in the world, when he died, when his assistant, they asked him, how much did he take, how how much did he leave? And the guy said everything. You you never see no U-Haul behind a hearse? You're not taking nothing with you. You have got to make your money be eternal. It's got to last more than just you. The Bible says a wise man, a good man, leaves an inheritance to his children and his children's children. 
You know, in America today, you know what most people leave their children? Debt. They can't even pay for their funeral. The enemy has robbed and stolen and gotten the principle uh, that God laid down and distorted it. And so people say, I think I can find a better way. I'm telling you, there is no better way. There is no other way. Give and it shall be given. How can I get out of debt? Give your way out of it. How can I get into blessing? Give your way into it. It's just the way it works. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now I can tell you where half my heart is. Walmart. Y'all laughing, but there's a, probably a whole lot more than half of y'all's there. I can tell where a person's heart is by where they spend their money. You can see a person's passions. You can see what a person loves by where they spend their money. It's amazing how I see people that don't have money. They broke, they can't do anything. And all of a sudden, something comes up that they like, that they want to do. That, and all of a sudden, they got the money to do it. You're like, I thought you didn't have no money. Well, I didn't, but found some. Because people want to do what they like to do. And they'll scrimp and cut. Whatever. I'll tell you something, the, the devil is stealing your money. Don't let, us, don't, don't let your money go up in smoke. Stop spitting your money out. Stop drinking your money in. Stop allowing the devil because of habits and addictions. Habits and addictions cost money. Let me say that again. Habits and addictions cost money. Get delivered. Pray through. Quit it. And you'll have a lot more money. My daddy, I saw my daddy gave to anybody and everybody all this whole life, constantly handing money out. Only one time in my life did I see him not give somebody some money. <laughs> when he walked up, he, this guy walked up to him and demanded money from him. He walked up and said, give me some money. And daddy looked at him, looked in his pocket, he had a pack of cigarettes, and daddy just kindly said, if you'd stop smoking, you'd have some money. I was like, ooh. I'd never heard my daddy say anything like that. But he was generous, but there's something about somebody's attitude, you know, just demanding. I'm telling you, the devil's stealing our money. He's stealing our money because we need to take an inventory. We need to look at what we're doing and how we're spending our money and going, you know what, are we really being frugal? Are, Are we making an eternal difference in the kingdom? Are you building your kingdom? Or are you building God's kingdom? Because if you're building your kingdom, it's going to come crashing down. But if you're building the kingdom of God, here's the deal. When you stand before God, 
every dime, every penny, every labor, every tear you cried in prayer, every seed you sowed, every missionary you blessed, everything you've done is God has kept an account of it and you're going to get an eternal reward. Life is temporal. Eternity is forever and it's too long to be wrong. So this morning, I want you blessed. They talk about all the stuff that's coming. They talk about, uh, I was talking to Sister Sandra and Joe was talking about the blood moons and all the, 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 uh, the heavens and the stars lining up, hadn't done 400 years and all the different signs and, of Israel and blessings and all the stuff. And everybody, all the prophets are saying, give, give, now's the time to sow seed, now's the time to, you know, whatever, because I'll, I don't know all about all of that, but I do know what the Word of God said, and I just read it to you in its simplest form. Give and it shall be given, pressed down, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall he cause men to give in your bosom? You know what? I, I, I'm kind of frugal when it comes to my leaf bags. I don't like a leaf bag going to the road until it's fully full. You can take, you know, you take a pile of leaves, you put it down, you put, rake the leaves in it, you stand it up, and it's full. And the, half the pile's still there. So what do you got to do? You shake it, you crush it, and then you put some more. And then you press it, and you crush it, and then you put a foot in it. And then you get another foot in it, and then you jump on it. Huh? I'm cheap. Don't waste my bags. Ask George. Tell George, that bag ain't full enough. Pack some more in there. Pack some more in there. God said, "I'm listen, I'm not just wanting to give you a little fluff. Hey, man, God said, if you'll be faithful, I'll press it down. I'll give it to you good measure. I'll help it to run over. And I'll cause men to give into your bosom. Can I get an Amen. On all of our businessmen, if you own a business, you're self-employed uh, of any kind, I want you to stand to your feet this morning. If you're, if you're in the process of starting a business or you want to start your own business, you join them. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray over everybody today, but I'm going to start with these guys. God said that He would give you power to gain wealth. God wants to give you wisdom and knowledge and He wants to show you. I mean, you know, America was built on entrepreneurs who's willing to get out. Listen, you are not bound by what somebody says you can make. Listen, you can do it in America. I mean, you're free to work as hard as you want to work and make as much as you want to make. Remember this. If you're willing to do today what others want, you can have tomorrow what others don't. Remember that, young people. There's, there's, there's people, they're, they're not willing to work hard, they're not willing to study, they're not willing to make good grades, and, and, and they want to play around and have a good time, and then they struggle their life. But you, put, you pay the price. You put in the dues. You, you study hard and you work hard and you honor God. And God will bless you. 
You see all these men and women standing around here today. These are business owners that have stepped out and said, you know what, I, I, I believe God to bless my business. And so, Father, in the name of you, come on, just slip your hand up. Get ready to receive a blessing. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare their business blessed. Father, I'm asking you right now for supernatural doors to be opened. Lord, you see their business, you see what they're doing, and I pray that you would step in, and it would not just be an ordinary business, but it would be a supernatural business. Father, I thank you that their efforts, what they've done, Lord, that you would step in and show them how to do it better. I thank you for attraction. I put an attraction on that business. Right now, I attract business to them. The phone is going to ring. There's coming knocks on the door. People's walking in the business. Word is spreading about what they're doing. And Father, you're going to lead them to kingdom people. You're going to lead them to people that can propel their business. I just thank you today. Lord, let them do their part. There's so many, they're already honoring God. They give, they pay their tithes. I'm just preaching to the choir. So, Father, I thank you that you are right now opening the windows of heaven. Open them wider. Open supernatural doors. I declare that you would give them wisdom on how to expand, add employees, how they can make their business better. And Father, I declare upon the Lord's house all of our business owners I thank you that you are causing millionaires yeah that's not big enough Father I thank you that you are causing multi-millionaires to be established I thank you that through their vision through their work through the labor of their hands you are going to prosper them so that they can build your kingdom. They're not interested in building their kingdom. Let them change their priorities. If they're not honoring you with their tithe and offerings, let them just repent today, say I'm sorry, and start right now. And Father, I pray that you would honor your word and give it back to them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I thank you money's coming into their bosom. The end of this year is going to be better than last year. Father, they're coming out of the red and getting into black. I thank you their profit, profit margins are going up. And I call them blessed in Jesus' name. Every business owner shouted amen. amen. Come on, every employee. If you're an employee for another company, stand up. Let me tell you something. That company is blessed because you're there. Listen, when you honor God... When you pay your tithe, when the blessings of God rest on you, your business is blessed because of you. And what you do in secret, God rewards you openly. Here's what I like to say to employees. Stop stealing. What? What do you mean stealing? Listen. It don't matter if the boss is looking or not. God's watching. Time is money. 
Stop showing up late and take it off early. Don't take the paper clips or the pens or the toilet paper home. I'm just being serious. It costs businesses millions and billions of dollars because employees take. You know what I read this morning? I was looking at statistics. It said that employees check their personal inbox email 30 times an hour on average. You know what you're doing? You're stealing time from the boss. Don't do it. You be different than all those other employees. Because here's what I'm about to pray on you. I'm about to pray on you raises and promotions and increase. It's God who gives increase. But if if you're cheating your company, if you're not doing what you should be doing, it's hard. God don't bless mess. God don't bless folks that cheat and steal and lie. So listen, stop that. I know none of y'all are doing that. Tell them other folks stop that. Bless your business. So, because the more they make, guess what? The more you can make. So you want your company blessed. So, Father, I thank you right now for every employee. I thank you, Lord, for their labor. That company is blessed to have them there. They bring prosperity to that business. When they walk in the door, they bring joy. They bring peace. They bring the presence of God to that business. Father, let that boss see and know that in them lies greatness. And Father, when he sees that they're doing a good job, they're working hard, they're not cheating, they're not stealing, they're doing a full day's work, and they're honoring their boss, I thank you because you put in that boss's heart to give them a raise. I declare this week raises. And Lord, we're going to get testimonies at the end of this month of how you've given raises. I thank you for promotions. Lord, that that promotion, maybe there's somebody else in line. Maybe it looks like somebody else is going to get it. But at the last minute, I thank you. Father, you're going to put their heart, their mind, you're going to put their face and their name before that boss. And Lord, he's going to not even know why, but he's going to give it to them instead because your favor is on them. I thank you that these employees are rising up in that company. Lord, you see those that need new jobs. I thank you for doors opening. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give them a better job. You're going to give them better pay. You're going to give them better pensions. You're going to give them better insurances. You're going to give them better because you want their family blessed. So, Father, I just thank you as they honor you with whatever they make. As they give, I ask you to give it to them back good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. Fill their bosom with joy.